0: For it's one, two, three strikes, you're out at the old ball game. Welcome back to Short Hops and Tall Tales, a pictureless podcast highlighting the weird, funny, and bizarre elements of baseball that really make America's pastime special. I'm once again Noah Scott, and I'm joined by the amazing Brandon Riddle, and we are super excited to bring you another episode packed with just weird baseball and weird and baseball we have on tap brandon what do we what do we have going on today
1: oh man on tap was a good turn of phrase there man i am chomping at the bit for this episode i'm just hungry to get going <laughs> <laughs> today we have a couple things we of course have a tall tale of you know baseball history and then we have something called peanuts and cracker jacks when we're going to talk about the food of baseball and i'm kind of excited about this part <laughs>
0: Yeah, you know, I feel like baseball food is its own, I mean, stadium food's its own, like, genre, right? Like, if genre's are the right...
1: Uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with genre, that sounds right. It's a, yeah, it's, its own right. world.
0: Yeah, you get your own, you know, hankering every now and then. So that'll be really fun. I have not eaten dinner yet. Uh, oh so, you're gonna hate this. Gonna <laughs> be a rough episode because I'll will <laughs> go from this and then making you know, I don't know, I'll end up making cereal or something sad and I'll want some hot dogs or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, you just you just wake a cereal and hot dogs making makes an appearance later on.
0: Okay. Cereal makes an app- Wow, I'm I'm shocked. <laughs> um Well, all right. So just in the in the spirit of food and in food related trivia, I guess, I have a trivia question for you, Brandon.
1: All right, let's hear um, it.
0: And that is what year uh, were cracker jacks first introduced to the world?
1: All right, so cracker jacks is of course mentioned in Take Me Out to the Ball Game which was written right. I think in like 1904ish time frame I okay. want to say. And if it was written then and cracker jacks makes an appearance in that song, it was already well within, you know, the the American mindsets in our, in our culture. So it had to be at least 1890. Um, I am going to go with, uh, randomly, 1853. You said
0: 1853. You were a lot closer when you said at least 1890. And I really oh thought no. you were going to guess it the first time. And I was going to just be sitting here in stunned silence. <laughs> and, and just everyone would have been incredibly <laughs> impressed and suspicious that you got this without looking at the notes.
1: Oh, wow. I was close. Look
0: at that. You were very close. So Cracker Jacks. Actually, and this is way they're way older than I would have ever expected. Just, just to preface this before I throw out the year, 1893, they debuted at the Chicago world's fair and their creators, oh. uh, and I'm going to try and get this right. FW Ruckheim and, uh, you know, his brother Lewis. Th- so they were the first to add peanuts to popcorn. Um, and then Lewis Ruckheim actually discovered a process that kept the molasses color, uh, the molasses covered popcorn from sticking together. So that, uh, was the er, the origin of Cracker Jacks, but they didn't get their name until they brought it to a salesman who tried them for the first time and yelled out Cracker Jack, which in the parlance of hey. 1893 was a, something that people went around saying like awesome or, or cool, right? Like, can you imagine like... Man, what, what a ah. Cracker
1: Jack play that
0: was. Exactly like that's so like I'm not surprised at all and it's it's hilarious but yeah very 1893 I would have had no idea that they were that old like this is obviously uh, you know 1893 then about like 10 15 years later they got written into the lyrics for take me out to the ball game Mm -hmm. uh, in 1908 actually so you're right on with that guess but who would have thought that Cracker Jacks were, were over 100 years old.
1: Man, I was way. I thought they were older. I was way off on that one. But no, that's really neat. Um, how many times have you eaten Cracker Jacks?
0: I okay. So I'm a big. I really like Cracker Jacks. I feel like 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 in modern. This is gonna be a weird like commentary on on modern stadium food, but I feel like they get slept on uh, nowadays. Like you can't go wrong with with like the caramel covered you know uh, popcorn, right? Like I'm not huge on the nuts part of it, but they're good, right? And I used to love uh. You know, they, they started adding, they had those little, you can't really call them toys with the little booklets, almost the paper booklets. You'd have like different fun. Sometimes be, like, oh, yeah,
1: I, I remember right? those.
0: I remember going to an Angels game, I think, when I was very, very young and I got a box of Cracker Jacks and I got a little flip through booklet that was all about Ozzie Smith. And I just thought Ooh. it was. that was one of my first uh I guess run ins with Ozzy oh, Smith, I guess, it was like reading this small little booklet about this shortstop that, you know, went out and backflipped on the field. It's like, that's the coolest thing ever. Uh, so I, I'm a big fan of Cracker Jacks. I love getting free stuff in my food, <laughs> like that's, toys.
1: Yeah, like, why not? It's like a bonus. Hot wheels
0: and cereal boxes was a big thing <laughs> for me growing up. Um, are, are you a big Cracker Jack guy? <laughs>
1: Uh, you know, I have not. Uh, it's just the coding that kind of rubs me the wrong way. But of course, with peanuts and Cracker Jacks, I see people eating peanuts at ball games all the time, so that's right. normal to me. Um, okay. But no, I'm I'm glad Cracker Jacks exists. It's just it's just not quite for me.
0: Okay, yeah. And so I see before we move on here, you actually had a second trivia question. Uh, I do. Do we want to save that for a little later, or we want to just go right into it right now?
1: Um. Yeah, let's let's hold off for a moment here.
0: OK, OK. We'll, we'll keep,
1: keep we'll keep, keep the, the, audience the audience waiting in, Yeah,
0: in suspense.
1: Keep well, them hungry right. for more.
0: <laughs> Gosh. OK, <laughs> well, uh, so as as you briefly touched on earlier, we're going to leave things off first with another very tall tale. Um, and this one I feel like is is just as tall, if not taller than our tale from last week. Uh, and this is the detail of the pitcher struck by lightning on the baseball field. Oh, I
1: heard about this one too recently.
0: Right. So, so recently, uh, within I want to say the, the last couple of years, there's this now infamous graphic that they showed uh, on the presentation on the broadcast of a Cleveland game about this pitcher. His name is Roy Caldwell, who allegedly was struck by lightning in the middle of the ninth inning of a game that he was pitching, and then he stayed on the field to pitch it. So, I always thought that was really intriguing. Um, and so I, I took that story and I want to do a little bit deeper dive yeah. and, you know, figure out once again, like, how plausible is this? Uh, you know, what what really happened here? So it does, like I said earlier, it it all focuses on. Uh, the character of Ray Benjamin Caldwell. He was a pitcher from 1910 to 1921. Ooh, talk
1: about a blast from the past. <laughs> I'm, okay, I'm done. I'm
0: done now. He's like saying that as, as if you remember Ray Caldwell. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> well, I was going between that and the lightning bolt, but we'll 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 go. Okay, we'll, okay. we'll let it go.
0: That was a stretch. But so so Ray Caldwell already a bit of a character, uh, just like our guy from last week, uh, Wild Bill Setley, uh, but a little different. Uh, so he was known for throwing a spitball. Uh, which was, and he was one of 17 spitballers in Major League Baseball that was actually grandfathered in after the league banned the pitch in 1920. So he's a junk baller, um, and he was actually really, really talented. And he was known for being, you know, one of the, you know, guys with real breakout, you know, potential uh, to be the best pitcher in the league on a given day. Uh, however, he was actually held back uh, in the eyes of a lot of his contemporaries and, and writers around the league. Uh, they said that he was held back by his you know, penchant to go out drinking late, late at night, the nights before. Um, you know, generally being a wild card as yeah. So he
1: so were. he was a baseball player in the 1920s. <laughs> Nothing exactly, to see here
0: exactly. And I think while I was researching this, I thought it was was kind of interesting that. Yeah, I was reading this. I was like, I feel like I've already done this story, you know, about some people mm-hmm. in the 1920s, like over and over again, where he's like into partying, into drinking. Uh, Boots Poffenberger came to Boots mind.
1: Boots Poffenberger. If yep, I was just thinking about him.
0: That episode. Uh, but like I said, he was he was very talented. He had a career three, uh, 3-0 ERA with the Yankees. He had a career best 194 ERA in 1914. Like I said, his conduct brought him into some trouble. So on multiple occasions, he was fined by the Yankees manager Frank Chance for being drunken, uh, and you know just for conducting himself poorly in public. And so <laughs> later on, uh, the New York manager Miller Huggins actually wrote about Caldwell. He said he was one of the best pitchers that ever lived. But he was one of those guys that would keep a manager in a constant worry. So if he had possessed a sense of responsibility and balance, Ray Caldwell could have gone down in history as one of the greatest of all pitchers. Uh, So very, very talented guy. But, you know, his his own worst enemy at at points, Mm -hmm. uh, according to different sources around the league. So anyway, so prior to the 1919 season, he actually gets traded from the Yankees to the Red Sox. And this is really interesting. He becomes roommates with a 24-year-old pitcher oh that also had a taste for partying. You guessed it. It's Babe Ruth. Oh, boy. So, I, so in part because Caldwell was struggling with the Red Sox to start that season and possibly in part because they didn't want him to negatively influence Babe Ruth. Uh, the Red I don't
1: Sox think anybody was. needed to negatively influence Babe Ruth. I think I think he could do that himself just fine.
0: And that's probably what the what the Red Sox were thinking <laughs> at this point. Uh, so they decided to cut Caldwell and they released him in July. Uh, now at this point, Ray Caldwell has gone through two different teams, the Yankees and the Red Sox, within about nine months. And even with all his talent, he's his career is kind of at a breaking point, right? He's you know been through two teams and now people around the league are looking at him like. You know, are you going to get it together? Or are you going to be out of the league?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: luckily, he found a team that was desperate enough to put up with his antics, at least for the rest of the season. So here comes Cleveland um, and their Hall of Fame manager, uh, Tris Speaker. And so they were desperate to catch the White Sox of 1919, also known as the Black Sox, who we did an episode on a couple of years before. It's, it's just cool to do these stories and see
1: them, kind and of see them all connecting. Yeah, it's, it's right? neat to see.
0: Right. Because when I was researching this, I saw 1919 White Sox immediately set off that that exclamation Mm -hmm. in my head, that connection. So anyway, Cleveland is desperate to catch the Black Sox. And so they're willing to try anything. So Trish Speaker offers Caldwell contract to finish out the season. And so when Caldwell and Speaker meet to talk about the the contract, Caldwell was really confused because it actually said uh, it did not tell him to avoid drinking alcohol after pitching games. He said, Tris, it looks like there needs to be the letter not in here in this clause because (laughs) obviously you don't want me drinking because this had been his experience before. But no, Tris Speaker instead told him, he said, that's actually intentional Because we want you on a specific regimen. You're going to pitch. You're going to go out the night after you pitch and get blackout drunk, as you've been doing. You're going to sleep the the hangover off the entire next day. You're not going to have to report to practice. Then the day after that, you'll be out here running, doing wind sprints to run it all off. And then after that, you'll be ramping up for your next start. So instead of trying to stop Caldwell from going out and partying and, and drinking... Cleveland was trying to make the the best of a bad situation, and they just basically said, "Look, like we're going to make it work for us, and we're just going to keep you on a strict regimen. So you can do those things as long as you you pitch for us and win games."
1: Could could you imagine today if a player came in with a substance abuse issue, and the team instead of you know finding the correct you know rehab or what have you, uh, this was their fix: is here, here is all the booze and drugs you can handle for a single night. Go crazy, man, and then it, come back it, to us.
0: It really reminds me of. I feel like this guy would be a character in a major league movie, right? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. Like they're totally just, you know what? Do your thing. We're gonna or pretend to ignore it and.
1: <laughs> if you've seen a Brock Meyer, a character from that TV right. show, I could, I could see that.
0: Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, so this is all background. This is all before he gets struck by <laughs> Oh, like- not even there yet. The <laughs> not even there yet. I just found this, and I just thought it was really interesting. All of the figures that this guy, you know, came into contact with. Uh, and just that it's hilarious that they expressly like allowed him to drink and get trashed after games just <laughs> as long as he was able to show up for his next start. But it seemed to work. So for the six starts that Caldwell made that year in 1919 with Cleveland, he went five in one with a 171 ERA oh. and he threw a no hitter. My goodness. So clearly Tris Speaker. To some degree, you know, his idea was working, right? Um, Almost like exposure therapy therapy in a sense. Hey. But, you know, so during this amazing run, he goes five and one, throws a no hitter. That's actually not the biggest game of that stretch. So the craziest thing that happened. So in his very first start of that fantastic Cleveland run, something happened to Caldwell that had presumably never happened to a pitcher before or since he was struck by lightning.
1: My God. (laughs)
0: <laughs> so, can you imagine? Like, this isn't even just like he's been with the team a couple games. This is literally his first time putting on the Cleveland jersey. He gets hit by a bolt from the sky. So, <laughs> let me set the scene for you. So, it's it's absolutely brutal brutal heat during the summer. um You know, twenty thousand fans are filling the the park. It's just thick everywhere. But Caldwell, uh, with that. Sp- that uh spitball he actually is able to shut down the philadelphia athletics through eight and two thirds innings pitched you know he just gives up four hits and a walk his command is looking excellent Mm
1: -hmm. and he's
0: pitching one of the better games of his life on a day that he really needs to impress because he needs to stay with this team that's giving him a shot right and so he does that so cleveland's up two to one entering the eighth inning or entering the ninth inning okay Um, And just following the eighth, there's fog that, you know, had been a clear day for the most part. Ooh, we're setting the scene. Right? But right after the eighth inning, fog starts to roll in off of uh, Lake Erie. And so everyone's, you know, at the time, they're kind of accustomed to this. So they're just trying to, they're like, okay, let's hurry up. Let's just get these three outs and then we can go home while the storm washes in. That's not exactly how it how it ended up shaking out as you can imagine so caldwell actually took the mound in the top of the ninth and he got two quick pop outs. so he just needs one last out however the storm has really taken off at this point the wind is howling um and so the punch and judy shortstop joe dugan uh steps in as the last hope for the athletics so just as caldwell comes set to get this final out A bolt of lightning crashes down from above. It explodes in the middle of the infield right next to the pitcher. My God. (laughs) Later, uh, the uh, Cleveland shortstop, once again, really interesting that he's brought up again, but Ray Chapman. Uh, he said he felt a surge of electricity go down his leg and the Cleveland catcher actually booked it off of the field. He took, he, you know, he threw his mask as far as he could because he didn't want the bolts to be attracted <laughs> through through the metal wiring in the mask, which I think is funny. They just pretty much left Ray out here
1: <laughs> literally on the mound, the highest point in the field. There you go. Right. Good luck.
0: And and what's kind of kind of crazy is that for 1919, there's actually pretty good coverage of what happened here. So there was the Cleveland baseball historian, Franklin Lewis, who was actually there and wrote that Caldwell was struck uh, merely with a glancing blow from the lightning. Like that's some sort of small thing. Right. And he said, like, if he was hit directly, it would have killed anybody. Right. Um, So when the smoke cleared everyone's just kind of shaken up and they just see Ray Caldwell the pitcher laid out on his back his arms are spread apart like some kind of Looney Tunes caricature uh, and he's knocked out he's unconscious and so allegedly (laughs) now how much of this is. Uh, exaggerated we don't know but allegedly his chest was smoldering from where the lightning had struck him and when somebody rushed over to check on him they jumped back saying that they they were shocked when they touched his body <laughs> so everyone was really worried like did we just see this guy get you know killed on the baseball field just from some act of god like how do you how do you react in that situation like i <laughs> there's
1: no, there's, there's no do? good way. If, if your pitcher's on the mound on his back after getting hit with a ball of lightning, what do you well, do? That
0: sucks.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, man. Ah, oh, man. Better luck next uh, time.
0: So after about five minutes, everyone's freaking out, and obviously because this guy's been just summarily unresponsive to this point, and they're about to say, you know, I shoot, I guess we lost our pitcher. Ray Caldwell is dead. And suddenly Caldwell <laughs> groans. <laughs> And he tries to get up. He tries to get to his feet. He's like rolling over, struggling to get on his knees. And then I'm just imagining the scene of him kind of in the background almost while everyone's talking, you know, in hushed tones, trying to figure out what they're going to do with this Mm -hmm, this guy mm -hmm. on the mound. He gets up in the background. And then so everyone is just floored. Right. And so they rush up to him and like, oh, let's walk you to a hospital. Uh, Let's let's get you out of here. And he just gets up and allegedly says, I have one more out to get.
1: I'm, I'm going to suggest something. Um, After being struck by lightning You're literally smoldering And smoke is rising from you And people are concerned for your life And you stand up and say I have one more out to get That is the coolest line anybody has ever said Possibly just in general Not just in baseball but ever
0: I mean, you're not wrong. Like I, I, I'm, being hard, <laughs> I'm hard pressed to think of anything on the spot that would be cooler than getting struck by lightning and be like, "All right, put me in, coach." Right. Uh, but then, okay. So if you like that, so Tris Speaker, once again, the manager, he he comes on to talk to him, and so he convinces uh, him to let him finish the game. And so Caldwell looks at his shortstop Ray Chapman and he says, "Give me the dang ball and turn me toward the plate." <laughs> Like, so oh I don't know. Goodness. To me, that kind of reads as he's a little delirious at this point. Oh, <laughs> like, he has
1: no idea where he's at.
0: Just turn me towards the general direction of the plate, and then the umpires. This is great. Oh I read they goodness. just kind of looked at each other and shrugged because I feel like the umpires just don't get paid enough at this point, right?
1: Like, it's, there are no rules against this unless he was struck by lightning and now has superpowers. But even then, that's still allowed.
0: It's just, it's just so slapstick to see the to mentally just imagine these umpires <laughs> looking at each other like. All right, play ball. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Um, Well, I guess they assumed that, you know, lightning wouldn't strike twice, you know, and hit him as soon as he got back (laughs) on the rubber. But uh, so they just let it play out. They let it play out just as they let uh, let the guy go to the plate with an axe in in last week's story. Uh, And so this guy, uh, Joe Dugan, the batter in this situation, who must be traumatized, Uh, steps back into the batter's box and immediately rolls over and bounces out to third base, ending Mm -hmm. the game. So Ray Caldwell has just thrown a complete game Giving up four hits in a game that he'd been struck by lightning in a game that he had already needed to throw one of the better games of his life, just regardless, just for his career. Yeah, uh, <laughs> which is incredible. He finished the game having been struck by lightning. We're never, hopefully, never going to see that again.
1: And uh, apparently, he got blitzed after the game too, per, per his you know contract. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, did that? Did that? Did that change anything? He's like, like at all? <laughs> do you think? Do you think he went back to the bar and got drunk that night? Like. Um, well, you
1: know, maybe he made him take a second, you know, look at his life and
0: I, I, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, and so after the game, they asked him as we wrap this up, he just said, you know, it just felt like somebody came up with a board and hit me on top of the head and knocked me down. And he actually theorized Caldwell did that the bolt entered him through the metal button uh, uh, on the top of his cap. Oh, now, God. these baseball, these baseball players are not scientists. But that's just what he <laughs> think happened. Uh, but through this, after hearing this whole story, Brandon, what's your, we're going to go back to this. What's your plausibility <sighs> that you put on this? So you one through 10.
1: So last week we talked about, um, a guy going up to bat with an ax and splitting the ball in half and half of it goes out for a home run. That was basically a zero, right. but this, um, you know, I, I'm sure the details are completely exaggerated in some way, shape or form. Um, but I'm positive a lightning bolt may have hit the field with him on it. At least that much happened. Right. Uh, maybe you know, maybe he was struck because, you know, sometimes crazy things can happen. when People get struck by lightning and they're fine, which is odd. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to put this at around 90 percent plausibility.
0: Wow. 90 percent. That's, uh, yeah, that's
1: may, not, bad. you know, not step by step. The story happened, but something like it definitely happens. I'm on board with this one.
0: Yeah, I, I, I think I, I'd probably put it a little lower. I'd probably give it like an 80%. But okay. I think that I think I agree in the sense that I think it's probably the main points are true. I think he did get struck by lightning and finished the game. Oof. I think that there's definitely elements like, oh, his chest was like smoldering. And somebody wa- walked up to him and said, they said, oh, you know, I'm shocked. Like, huh. I don't know. Shocked, to tell hell. you shocked. Yeah, I, I want to believe it. those things happened. I, I, I want to believe that he just... Stood up like Clint Eastwood and said, "Like I, I have, have one, one more, more ball out. left, right? Like, yeah, one That's more. So one cool.
1: more That's so cool. That's so cool.
0: I don't know if I mean, but I figure if you survive a lightning strike, you should be able and, and finish a, a complete game. You should be able to retell the story, however you, however you want.
1: Yeah, <laughs> like, whatever you want to do, man. Yeah. You, didn't no, run, you, I, didn't, you didn't run away." Yeah, he said, "No, I'm going to finish this game."
0: I choose to believe it. Um, so, all right. So we've we've started off already uh, on a on a very hot note with with a guy Ooh. getting struck by lightning. Let's uh, tone it tone it down a notch and okay. let's talk about some food. Um, mm. Starting off, uh, the pickle jar. Brandon, what's our word for today?
1: So our phrase for today in the pickle jar, and of course, talk about baseball terminology, is can of corn. Good old favorites. All now, right. of course, you and I, baseball fans in general, know what can of corn is. Uh, but it's honestly, I haven't heard it used too often. So, okay. it, you know, it could easily slip through, you know, some consciousness. So uh, what, what do some other people think about what can of corn means?
0: Yeah. So, I mean, like you said, like can of corn is something that I've we've both kind of grown up. Yeah. With we, we think we've got a good handle on it. So I asked my girlfriend, uh, Mia, I asked her, what's can of corn? And she she had a great, very visual answer that said a can of corn is a ball that rolls a long time like a Chef Boyardee can. Remember those commercials? (laughs) Whoa, I
1: forgot about those.
0: (laughs) Like, very, like, very old commercials where, for those of you that are uninitiated, like, there's this little <laughs> girl wants, like, a can of Chef Boyardee ravioli, and her mom says no, they're at the supermarket. And it, like, jumps off the shelf and rolls all the way home and follows her, right? <laughs> um, so that's what, what my girlfriend said. She said it's, it's it's like, when a ball just keeps rolling and rolling and rolling. And honestly, like, that is incredibly creative. And so I, I support that 100%. 100%. <laughs> um, just, I love a good visual answer. Yeah, and I, I feel like just no context, like, that could... I mean, it could work.
1: Yeah, I mean, things can have two meanings. We can do. We can make this happen.
0: Exactly. exactly. That slow
1: roller sure was a can of corn.
0: <laughs> but uh, Brandon, what's a what's a pit? Or excuse me, what's a can of corn actually mean in the in the baseball?
1: Yeah, so a can of corn is just like an easy pot fly to the outfield. Uh, the outfielders are going to reach up, pluck it out, just like a can of corn. Call of the day, easy play.
0: Yeah, exactly. And yeah,
1: and yeah, uh, we're, Where's that? Was it? Was it come from? As we struggle with that segue there,
0: <laughs> so we both stare at each other like who's gonna, <laughs> who's talk? gonna say it? Um, yeah. So, uh, so the candle corn phrase is actually pretty visual in and of it, or the origin, I guess, is pretty visual in and of itself. And it's said to have originated from, uh, you know, in the 19th century uh, in the old grocery stores. Right? It was a method of getting canned goods down from a high shelf using a stick and a hook. So you could That's tip kind of cool. a can. Uh, you know, a, a tip of can down and you could catch it in your your apron that you would wear at the store. And so one theory for the use of corn is the canned good in this phrase is that the corn itself was considered the easiest to catch as it was the best selling vegetable in the store. Oh, hey. And so it was stocked on the lower shelves. So because it was lower, it was oh. easier to catch than something like hypothetically, like, I don't know, maybe pickles would be on the top shelf and that would be, you know, a further catch. So it makes sense. You know, it's an easy catch can of corn. You're just waiting on So that's
1: that's actually fascinating,
0: (laughs) right? Like it's, it's, it's just really weird and really interesting where all of these little bits and phrases come from. Just, Mm -hmm. I mean, it's language is just something I feel like weird. Yeah. The, the origins of language. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And there's also some origins of food in the baseball world. So I have another, I have another question for you. Okay. Um, So a question here, uh, what century was the first hot dog made? Was hot dogs being a staple of ballparks everywhere. When was it so, made?
0: I'm, I have a follow up or a clarifying question. Yeah. Is that a hot dog in the traditional sense of a dog between two, you know, between a bun?
1: <laughs> oh, see, now you get into details, and this is um, actually yeah, a, 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 cool. ma- a matter of a contention within the hot dog world. Uh, wow. So let's just go with the hot dog itself first. Now the sausage, okay. but specifically a hot dog, which is a little bit different.
0: Okay, so I. So I feel like I'm going to expose myself for, for my lack of hot dog knowledge and some hot dog lifer is going to be on the other side of this. Just be like, no, it's all wrong. So my, my interpretation of the difference between a hot dog and a sausage is a sausage is like spicier, right? Um, I don't know. That's, that's very, it's probably wrong.
1: No, you're on the right path. Yeah. So it has a, it has a, the hot dog has a milder spice and the meat is more finely grinded.
0: Okay. That's cool. Um, but for as to when we think the hot dog actually originated, I'm going to just throw it all the way back to, like, the 15th century. I feel like they, they had hot dogs in, like, the 1400s. I mm-hmm. I don't know. Because mm-hmm. it's just, it's so similar to a sausage. And yeah, it's I know a, it's sausages are long, Like, they're super old, right? Like, so I'm trying to imagine, like, some, like, old king sitting on his throne eating like a, a farmer john hot dog i don't
1: know you know just, just so you know you're nailing every single bit of this
0: am i okay i'm absolutely glad. When, when, was, when, when was it from All right,
1: so we have a firm date ish uh but before okay. i tell you that firm date uh the the first you know written maybe passage of a hot dog it's just like a sausage that's more finely grinded up basically um comes from homer in the odyssey Really? In the seventh century BCE. Yeah.
0: <laughs> wow. Okay. now, That's now
1: It wasn't makes, specifically like a hot dog, but it was, you know, a, a, sure. a mollified sausage, if you will. Uh, but the first firm date we have for a hot dog that we more or less know of to today comes from Frankfurt, Germany, or Germany now, 1487. On oh, the so nose, no. 1400s. Right. Oh, yeah.
0: God.
1: Wow. <laughs> uh, now, of course, like any, any good origin story it's there's some um, again contention was that the actual date some people say it came 100 years later from another german immigrant um some people uh, like emma reichel and sam uh, lederi uh, they went to the world's fair in 1893 the same one that saw wow. cracker jack's premiere oh, <laughs> <not>. <laughs> and they put the hot dog between the bun and called it their creation for a hot dog and um, the hot dog in general started, you know, getting used in popular lexicon in the 1890s. And, of course, by the
0: 1900s, hot dogs were everywhere. Wow. So That's, 1487. I don't think I'm ever going to get a a better. Like, like, I just threw that out there. I don't think I can top that.
1: Yeah. Between that and, you know, the king of the Odyssey, you absolutely nailed it. That was nicely done.
0: All right. Cool. <laughs> So I guess this is a this is a great segue into our discussion for the day, talking about ballpark food. Oh. So, Braden, you want to kick us off?
1: Yeah. So, I, hot dog, hot dogs. Just baseball food in general is glorious in every facet. Whether it's just the regular Cracker Jacks or peanuts or hot dogs, uh, but in the last oh decade and a half, maybe they have just been foods on steroids in certain ballparks like the more ostentatious or agarious foods can get the more coverage they have and the more people want them and it's true i've been to a few of these parks with these crazy foods and i say i want that and i get it and i don't regret it but i kind of do <laughs> um, so so when <laughs> i'm thinking about experiences these
0: experiences that is that coming from
1: oh we'll we'll, we'll get there okay. don't you worry okay. about that <laughs> So when I think about these crazy baseball foods, I, I kind of think of a Venn diagram in my head. Uh, number one, they have to have some novelty to them. Um, you know, right. you, you, can't, you can't just have really a really, really long hot dog because that's just a hot dog that's long. That's not special. <laughs> um, so when I think of a novelty, I think of things like the sushi burritos or, you know, the, the Doritos okay. tacos, something like that. Something kind of odd and unique, uh, but not quite that doesn't quite have the gluttony of a good baseball food. So gluttony is like the 72-ounce steaks or like the burger with a nine or 15 patties between the buns, something like okay. that. So these baseball foods, it's meeting in the middle between the novelty and the gluttony in my mind. That's where I'm at.
0: And and I'll actually propose a third on this Sven gra- diagram. I'll propose a third circle, and yeah. that is expensive.
1: <laughs> expensive. You know, you know, I, I, I can definitely give you that one.
0: Maybe not in the traditional sense, but I always feel like they you spend a lot, but depending on what you get, it. it I don't know. Well, I that, feel like you're paying for quantity a lot of the time. Yeah, right?
1: and that, that that's kind of like baseball food in general. You know, when I went right. to Dodger Stadium, you know, I had to get the Dodger dog, and it was like twelve dollars for a hot dog. Like, wh- yeah, what? <laughs> so baseball foods in general is expensive. So yeah, I, I will add that. Um, there is an actual word for a three-circle Venn diagram, but I forget what that word is. Uh so
0: a ventriagram.
1: A ventriagram. There it is. (laughs) We're going with it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I did a little bit of research as far as looking at the major league ballparks and a few minor leagues and just to see what crazy foods they have to offer. All right. So in in no particular order, um, I'm gonna start with well, the Phillies in Philadelphia, of course. They have something called the Donut Burger. Oh. Which, which is what it sounds like. It's a nice glazed donuts cut in half with um, cherry pepper jam, American cheese, and bacon. Of course, with the patty in there. And here you go. Here's your heart attack.
0: I feel like, I I, I feel like the donut burger just just initial reaction to it. Mm-hmm. One, ouch. Two, I feel like the jam is what's sticking out to me. I don't I'm not a guy who likes jam donuts, but I could see maybe the sweet and savory coming through with the, the, yeah, the th- beef and the bacon and the glazed bun. So I won't write it off.
1: And I think that's what they're going for. Yeah, it's this it's sweet and savory with with the meat in there. So sure, okay, Phillies, we can do that.
0: Okay.
1: Okay. Um up next we're going down to Cleveland. We talked about this one a little bit earlier. The slider uh-huh. dog. We have your traditional beef hot dog. With pimento macaroni and cheese, uh, with some cabone in there, and then all around it and on it, we have Fruit Loops.
0: Okay, I was with you until I I heard Fruit Loops. The Fruit Loops, (laughs) yeah, that's that's so weird. (laughs) And
1: the the pictures look so funny because it's it's, it looks like a hot dog, but then you have the splashes of color that come with Fruit Loops.
0: (laughs) What are we doing, Cleveland? Uh, Like (laughs) I'm looking at right now what is this it just it doesn't even look like a recognizable hot dog it just looks like a bun some brown stuff and then just a ton of fruit loops and yeah it's
1: like unicorn sprinkles on it here are some fruit loops
0: Uh, that would be such an this is what like your college roommate would make it to in the morning (laughs) (laughs) like this isn't this isn't a real food (laughs) No, like, hey man, no, take disrespect. some of this. <laughs> no, no disrespect. I mean, a of little disrespect, not. but
1: <laughs> yeah, I've, uh, like no, a, no, crunchy, no. a crunchy, a crunchy hot dog. All right, all right. It might work. So, maybe for Texas. Yeah, What's next? Sure. All right. So up next, we're going to Colorado, uh, where well, they have a Rocky Mountain Po'Boy, and this is you know your traditional po boy, which is amazing in itself, uh, but then with Rocky Mountain oysters. Now, are, are you familiar with Rocky Mountain oysters, Noah?
0: So I'm going to apologize cuz I don't know what that is. I also don't know what a po boy is. It's a sandwich. Oh my right? goodness. It right? is it's a, a sandwich? I have It a is
1: an amazing sandwich. You definitely need to get your hands on the po boy. Um okay. y- you may not want to put your hands on the Rocky Mountain oyster. Um so those are meatballs in the very literal sense. Um they're um bull testicles that've been cooked.
0: Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> Okay.
1: (laughs) yeah, so throw that on a sandwich. They're they're very popular, those Rocky Mountain oysters. I I can't say I've had one, but people love them. So there we
0: go. Okay. what's uh, what we got next?
1: All right. So next we're going to give everybody heart attack just by listening, because now we're going up to Milwaukee where they have the Wisconsin Ultimate Cheese Fry. And just looking at the pictures, it looks and feels like Wisconsin in food form. Um, and this is far, this is definitely more on the gluttony side of the Venn diagram, the novelty. But I had to put it in there because it just oh my god! So there's of course a basket of fries with cheese curds, bacon, and more cheese sauce than has ever been made. It's incredible. It it's pure gluttony, and it definitely doesn't fall into this Venn diagram we were talking about, but. My goodness.
0: <laughs> I feel like now is this also served in a in a collectible helmet? Because I feel like it, it sounds like it should be. Yeah, that, it definitely that adds should flavor. Be. Definitely. The the polypropylene helmet definitely adds.
1: Oh, some, yeah. Some the Every time you get this. the vanilla ice cream, you can yep. you can taste the helmets. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I think. OK, so so far I'm going to keep a, a running list as we roll through these. That is my number one that I, I need to try is that. Oh, the, the- for our helmet. So shout out to the brewers and shout out to Milwaukee. <laughs> sounds amazing.
1: Uh, so you you just talked about putting food in you know helmets or interesting you know holders, and that's exactly what Pittsburgh did uh, with the Pittsburgh cone. Okay. Uh, yeah. Here we have a kielbasa pierogi, which I'm not a fan of, but hey, uh, Swiss cheese, sauerkraut, Russian dressing, and that's all stuffed gloriously into a waffle ice cream cone.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's why, why not. It's it's great.
1: it's like it's like a wrap. But it's not as healthy, and you can still hold it and walk around places. So sure,
0: waffle cones are just a reward for eating for for, for getting through something <laughs> horribly unhealthy. <laughs> like that's, a- <laughs>
1: yeah. I can see that. Just w- 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 is it just like a sugar bread? I'm actually not sure what waffle cone even is. It's like su- sugar yeah, bread in my mind.
0: Yeah, sometimes there's like a, dress, a chocolate on it. So so far though, I okay. So I I'm open to pretty much all of these. I'm just scrolling scrolling through what we've talked about mm-hmm, so far, except mm-hmm. for that slider dog. Because I would try this 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 Pittsburgh cone. Like I, most of these, I feel like I would try. I'd give it give it a you know an effort. I just I'm not sold on that slider dog. But what do we have next?
1: All right. So there's this. Four more things we talk about. Um, okay, we'll, we'll do a pit stop in Seattle because okay. up in Seattle they have the uh toasted grasshoppers.
0: That's right.
1: Yeah, remember that when that came out, which is literally just toasted grasshoppers that you eat. <laughs> With
0: like a seasoning, though, right? Like, like I feel like they've, I think they've got like different seasonings for them.
1: Okay, so you could have like a some paprika on there. You, you could go, you know, a, a southern are grasshopper you, style. I don't know. Are
0: you an adventurous eater? If it it looks good,
1: if it looks good, I will eat it. If it smells good, I'll definitely eat it.
0: Okay. I I feel like I would totally like, I feel like the grasshoppers, like when that strikes you, like initially you want to be a little grossed out, but I would totally eat a grasshopper. I'm sure these things taste like sunflower seeds. Has a good crunch to
1: it. Yeah. Maybe it's like the modern day Cracker Jack now. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah exactly like you don't know until you try it like granted it might not be for me but I would definitely try it because I mean I've had I have friends who are Mariners fans and they said that either they're great or they're just all right and I feel like you know it, it yeah. can't be it's gotta be like it's like peanuts right like yeah it
1: sounds a lot like Rocky Mountain oysters you know they're either yeah. great or they're okay <laughs> you know they exist <laughs> <laughs> okay, alright so so we're gonna gonna we're, we're gonna turn it up now uh, we're going to the minor leagues here we're going to Uh-oh. South Bend Cubs where they have something called the pork nato Oh. And yes, the pork NATO. This is pulled pork. Oh. <laughs> oh, yes. uh, the pork NATO has pulled pork. I'm not going to do that. It's <laughs> pulled pork uh, with mac and cheese all around it, diced bacon, jalapeno peppers. And once again, it is stuffed gloriously into an ice cream cone. Uh, there's just something about the cone shape that's conducive to eating unhealthy things, apparently
0: right like i mean it's just handheld and that's really all that is you got you got to have one hand free for for whatever you're
1: doing i mean for you could just double fist it man it. you can get okay. two pork natos yeah. and go to town
0: <laughs> why I like mess around the one where where you start eating it and it just you can feel your arteries clogging up cuz you got pulled pork you got mac and cheese bacon that's three of my favorite foods <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> like I just i feel like I'd eat this and then I wouldn't move like the seventh inning stretch would would pass me right by because I'd just be knocked you out
1: you, you couldn't know you did a seventh inning way. bypass surgery okay. um and you'll need that for this next one again minor leagues. New Hampshire fisher cats they have the item the squealer Ooh. which yeah you know where this is gonna go once again pulled pork a favorite of big fatty foods everywhere. Bacon, right. ham, Italian sausage, pepperoni, cheddar, barbecue sauce, and they have a bun on top of it, and they make the bun look like the face of a pig, and it's kind of oh. adorable.
0: Yeah, I still eat it. <laughs> oh, absolutely!
1: Come here, little piggy face.
0: <laughs> That's funny. And so, what I've really gotten, and that sounds amazing, by the way, New Hampshire. But what I'm, what I'm really getting from this is that I feel like stadium food is very, very similar to fair, like county fair food. Like, like yeah. Uh-huh. Like, and I, th- I feel like there there's been some overlap because I know for a fact they do that Philly's donut burger uh, at the L.A. County Fair. Um, I'm I'm pretty sure. And so I feel like that's kind of the same.
1: Yeah. Same m- maybe level. we need to add another circle to our try diagram with, you know, fair food. <laughs> and I, I feel this this last one encapsulates all four of those of those, you know, var- variables here uh, in Arizona. This is the one I've had because it was a challenge and I accepted it. I walked up to the plate. It is the Uh-oh. D-bat dog.
0: Uh-oh. Now, if if
1: you've not, you know, been introduced to the D-bat dog, it is an 18-inch hot dog. Okay. On the better fries, fine. But this hot dog has been literally filled with cheese. All right. And then wrapped in bacon, stuffed again with jalapenos, and then deep fried.
0: Oh my gosh. Oh my <laughs> god.
1: It it, is just exactly as it sounds. I how, ate the whole feel, I ate the whole thing.
0: How did you feel afterwards?
1: I didn't. Um I <laughs> I honestly haven't, you know, remembered how to taste since then. Um I haven't eaten since then and frankly, I'm not sure if I've woken up from the coma yet, but it was glorious. <laughs>
0: You know, all of this all the stadium food just reminds me of that that quote from Jurassic Park where it's like your scientists were so preoccupied with whether or not they could that they didn't stop to think if they should. <laughs> that applies to everything on this place. Oh,
1: the list. <laughs> what a good quote. Every and, single food item. <laughs> and it's funny, you know, I've I've gone to basketball games and football games, but they don't have the <laughs> same kind of imagination that baseball has for food,
0: right? Right, and I feel like minor league stadiums, especially, like you you touched on it earlier, but it's it's so much of it is like that food experience.
1: Hmm. The, um, the, minor league games in general, whether it's the food, the special events, or the specific you know batters they pick on, it's a great time. Um, and food is just parts of the culture of these glorious games. I love it so much.
0: (laughs) Okay. So I'm going to ask you two questions. Okay, Uh, You can answer them in whatever order. So the first one is, so you just mentioned the D bat dog. Mm -hmm. Is that, is that your favorite specialty hot dog? Is there another hot dog you've had somewhere else that is (sighs) like, what's your favorite style? If you need a little time to think about that, I know my favorite. Okay. Well, you got it.
1: Oh, no, no. You, you go into your yeah. favorite. I got to so, think about this. So,
0: one. my favorite, I, I love the, it's not like a specific to a stadium necessarily, but just like Chicago style hot dogs with the pickle and, and the onions. Like, that is my idea of, of an excellent hot dog. They okay, also do. So. I know Dodger Stadium, or at least they used to, they had the, the bacon wrapped hot dogs that were kind of like, like the, the stadium staple you can add bacon to anything and it's, it's that's that's very true add bacon never to your you. bacon exactly exactly so like those are my two favorite like hot dog specialties i think though i want to try a lot of these what about what about for you
1: uh, so as far as specialties you know i i'm just a hot dog fan i'll eat you know anything right. that has a hot dog uh so w- what i'll do instead is i'll kind of explain my typical hot dog if i go to a game get a hot dog okay. what do i put on it i'll go the boring routes um i'm a heathen i put ketchup on my hot dog because i like what i like yeah um and then exactly. also i'll put some uh yeah some some mustard um and once in a while some relish i'm not a huge fan but once in a while i kind of like that soft crunch relish has and uh really that's about it some that's onions nice. as well i love that love the onions on the hot dog
0: so that was, that was almost my follow up question. Um, so just fill this in as you, pr- as you please. So when you go to a baseball game, what are mm-hmm. you eating and drinking? So you've got your hot dog down. Oh yeah. like, What's your, what's your go-to meal? So it, it
1: uh, so in my mind, I'm at chase field. Cause that's where I went to games all the time, which sadly I haven't been to a game in almost two years. Uh, it's terrifying. There's it's also what happens. A it's what happens exactly. when you move around yeah. and there's a pandemic. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get, I get to a game, um, if I want to treat myself, I'll get the, the D-back dog, which is just like okay. a, a bigger hot dog. Yeah, it's like your daughter dog, what have you. And I'll get hmm, probably two of those before the game starts because I just like to sit down and enjoy things for a while. And then I'll go get me a beer or two, a nice nice big beer. So that will last me for a couple innings, just sipping and eating, having a good time. Um, although I've always wanted to go, they have an all-you-can-eat section. I've always right. wanted to do, you know, like a hot dog an inning and like a beer every two innings, something like that, just to see how far I can go until I black out again, like the bat
0: dog. Oh man. No, I, I, I love that you said that because I'm a huge fan of the all you can eat section and uh. I would. So very recently, I went to the Dodgers taking uh, the Dodger game where they took on the Astros, which is a whole episode in and of itself, Uh, just that experience. But I, Mm -hmm. I went and we got our my friends and I, we got our seats in the what we thought was the all you can eat section. But it appears that the with the renovations to Dodger Stadium, that's no longer a thing. Wow. Um, which was a heartbreaker because that was what I would try to do is, is eating a hot dog every inning or something like that. Yeah, pull just, a Babe Ruth. Try and get, my, get my money's worth. Yeah, Babe Ruth, Wade Boggs, plenty of legends <laughs> to get your, your name up on the wall with. Um, but yeah, because you'd just be able to get like peanuts and and all every, as Oof. much as you could eat, right? But then i went and i had to pay for everything individually and that was oh that's that's not
1: all you can eat that's just sad <laughs> I mean,
0: all you, all your wallet can eat um, yeah, right. but i think my go-to and i'm i'm yeah at dodger stadium because that's my most frequented park uh i gotta get the dodger dogs but i gotta get super dodger dogs because i'm gonna be honest and this could mm-hmm. be you, you, heresy but dodger dogs not that good they're not,
1: <gasps> man they're, they're i was not so disappointed good.
0: And they're really not worth the price tag if you don't get the go like a dollar or two up and get the super dodger dog because the base level dodger dog, the dodger dog for the people. I'm not talking about like whatever's up in the, the upper box seats where the, the big wigs sit. But the dodger dog for the people is this small little like I think oh, it's yeah. like still broiled like it's just disappointing. There's or it's it's like so dodger dogs are known historically for being very long, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a little longer than a typical dog. I mean, the bun was the same size, which was inconvenient. (sighs) But it's just it's not an it's not a great it's not a great food experience. And I had high hopes for when I went back to the stadium this year, since they changed the supplier from Farmer John, that it would be improved. But it was the same and or worse. So
1: meat and boiled water and say, here you go. You're going to like it because we gave it to
0: you. Oh, and so no. I, I get the Super Dodger dog because it is a, a a little bit of a step up in terms of quality. Uh, and I'll throw. I also th- I put ketchup on hot dogs. Okay, like I hey. I, I refuse to be shamed for, for <laughs> dressing up a hot. I'm eating the hot dog. Why do you have a problem with what? Be i Be
1: proud, put Noah. Be proud. Right?
0: So I put I put ketchup. I put mustard. I put relish and onions on it. Onions, um, yeah. And if they have them, I'll put like some jalapenos on sometimes. And you can dress up a hot dog enough. You're not even you know it does it could be mediocre whatever um so like i'll i'll do that i have had really exceptional dogs there uh, that were like more expensive and larger i couldn't find them um most recent time because i feel like at dodger stadium a lot of what they do is they've got like you know carne asada fry helmets and nacho helmets yeah. and they have good food it's just spaced out in the the like I go to a baseball game. I want a hot dog. I'm a traditionalist in that sense. Yeah, I'll get like garlic fries or something. But I have to have my hot dog.
1: Now, now, it's disappointing. Really quick, I want to point out for, you know, people listening um, in the background of Noah's screen. Somebody just walked in and Noah is going to town on carne asada fries and his philosophy (laughs) of hot dogs and these toppings. And I can't help but wonder what this person is thinking as they're walking into this room. What is he? I thought he was talking about baseball now he's talking about clogged arteries and relish and being proud about ketchup yeah so that, that was that made me pretty yeah, happy that's,
0: that's just my brother getting ready for work in the background <laughs> but just to put 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 you at rest there i'm not about to get strangled for my controversial views on, on hot dogs <laughs> Uh, but yeah, but that's that's I guess that's what we'll end it on. Mm-hmm. If any Dodger people listen to this, please up the hot dogs. I implore oh, I you, please, because it's it, it used to the term Dodger dog used to mean something around.
1: Here. <laughs> <laughs> <It> did though? <laughs> I was so I was so was that classic. that was one of the things I had to get when I went there, and it was
0: just like. And okay, uh, while we're at it, why 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 does Shake Shack have a have a pop up at the stadium, but In-N-Out doesn't? That makes no sense from a coast stand coast to coast standpoint. Anyway,
1: <laughs> I'm just saying In-N-Out's a little bit overrated. So come at me.
0: <laughs> so okay, that's gonna we're gonna that'll do it for this episode. <laughs> Uh, because I'm going to have to get off of this call and just, he's got to find a new host into task. I have to drive. Yeah. Drive all the way out to wherever you are right now.
1: Oh yeah. Don't come (laughs) here.
0: (laughs) Have a face to face conversation about why that's wrong. Uh, but <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, if you like what you hear and uh, please follow short hops and tall tales on Twitter at short hops, follow Brandon at BD Riddle to tell him about why his burger choices are wrong. And myself at got six only follow me if you're going to agree with me, though. <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and feel subscribe. free to tweet out us your favorite baseball foods as yeah, well. Exactly. That'd be fun.
0: Exactly, That would be fun. Um, so subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this right now. Leave a review if you like uh, so we can reach more people that uh, like baseball like us. So for Brandon Riddle, I'm Noah Scott, and this has been the Short Hops and Tall Tales podcast. See you next time. Bye.